welcome to the Rock Music Alliance interview sessions. I am your host, Cole Coleman. On the show today, you know his guitar playing from Faster Pussycat, Butterside, Dorothy, and Celebrity Jams in Hollywood. When we come back, I'll be speaking with Sam Bam Colton. Attention guitar players, join the Thimble Slide revolution and free your slide finger. With its patented shape, you can slide and fret while wearing the Thimble Slide. Visit thimbleslide.com. That's thimbleslide.com. We're back. Claudio Pesavento of Mahogany Rush and Chris Squire Band is hanging out with us, and we are speaking with Sam Bam Colton. Hello. Hey, I, I got to ask you right away, Sam Bam Colton. So where does the name come from? I wish there was some great creative story, but there really isn't. I was just in my first band when I was like 13 and everybody kind of had a nickname. And that's what the guys had given to me. And I made it my name on Facebook. And then uh, people just started calling me that. So I've always kind of left it. Uh, well, that's cool. It works. Sam Bam. I mean, it's kind of a natural thing when you're rhyming. Yeah, it's, and it, I guess it's kind of a, uh, you know, something that's memorable for people. So, you know, it's cool. Do you prefer Sam or Sam Bam? Whatever you feel like. <laughs> okay, man. So I wanted to find out, uh, like, what are you up to right now? Like, what's your latest projects and recordings? You know, even during the, the current shutdown, you know, are you keeping busy doing stuff? Is there new things on the horizon? There's three main kind of going on right now. Um, well, there's a few more, but uh, I'm recording new music with uh, Butterside. I'm recording new music with Faster Pussycat, and I just did an album for an artist named Dorothy. So uh, there's a lot of you know recording and a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And then Butterside has a record that's going to come out at the end of March, and our first single comes out Friday on December 4th. Terrific. Okay. Well, yeah, this will come out after December 4th, um, but that's great because then people will be able to get it right away. Hey, the song's out. Go check it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Sam, um, so you are the current guitar player with Faster Pussycat. Does that mean you're a member or is it more of a contractual thing? That's a good question, actually. I just got uh, asked the other day about um, kind of they were going to work on some of the legal stuff about it. But um, I, I I think I'm a member, you know, uh, but yeah, you know, I've been, I've been working with Tammy, the, the lead singer on a bunch of new music and we've been recording and uh, stuff's turning out pretty cool. And it's uh, it's a good time. Sounds it. So you have Faster Pussycat going on. You also have Butterside. Are there any other bands or projects that you're currently with? Uh, the that artist named Dorothy. She's, uh, she's pretty awesome. She's pretty, uh, pretty killer. I just, uh, recorded her third record with her in New York, uh, producer Joel Hamilton, who's worked with like Tyler Bryant, the shakedown and black keys and Christopher Walken, a bunch of, you know, he's done a bunch of great stuff. Um, and you know, it was a lot of fun and her, her music's really cool. I'm really excited and honored to be a part of her project as well. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to check that out. I, I've heard of Dorothy, and uh, I'm gonna, you know, got to go check it out. She's yeah. a killer singer. She's a good singer. Yeah. Is Faster Pussycat the first really well-known band that you've been in? 
Yeah, that was the first, that was definitely, uh, you know, a couple steps up for me when, uh, when my friend Ace called me for it about a, uh, I guess I'd been playing with them about a year and a half. So I guess maybe it was a little more than that. Uh, when my friend Ace Von Johnson called me, he was, uh, their former guitar player and he had actually called and asked if I wanted to sub and I said, yes, that I'd love to. And then, um, they basically wanted me to stay. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and now Ace is a great guy and he, he has a new gig with LA guns. So there was a bunch of conflicts anyway, date wise. So, you know, it ended up working out for both of us. So, and he's one of my best friends. He's somebody I talk to basically every day. So, well, that's, that's good to hear. I'm, I'm glad that is. And it was, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to, to step up into a band like that, that, you know, a lot of people have heard of, it was really cool. So how long has that been now? How long have you been with them? About a year and a half. So the, the summer tour last year started in June. So since June of last year. Taking us back in time now, um, I understand you come from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, were you born and raised there? That is where I was born and raised, yeah, in an area called Chesterfield, Missouri. And uh, growing up, were there many musicians around you? Yeah, I mean, I started playing guitar when I was 10 years old and then got in my first band basically when I was like 12 and started bars when I was 12. Um, There was a place uh, called the House of Rock that would let... uh, you know, us underage kids come in with our parents and, you know, the bar served food and stuff. And, um, we got to get up and, and jam at the open mic night. And then from there I stopped playing, the, the band had dissolved and I started playing with more of like the adult musicians, the guys that were hosting the open mic nights and the guys that were just, you know, great, great local players. And that's kind of really where, I kind of started to become, you know, more, I guess, immersed into it with playing with guys like that. Yeah. Right. And uh, how about your family? Anybody in your family, a guitar player? Like, you know, was dad a musician? No, no, my parents weren't musicians. Um, Now my two younger sisters both kind of play like piano and guitar a little bit. But no, I was the first in my family. Interesting. Yeah. Um, where, where do you think your, in, your influence comes from? Just like you're the first of your kind or is there an uncle or someone? I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I know that I always liked music a lot growing up. I would always, you know, want to dress up and sing Elevation by U2 or like I was obsessed with One Headlight by the Wallflowers when I was like a little, little kid. Like, and I don't know. I've just always, always it's just in the genes. And- you're the first of, the, of your family line to, to bring it out has to be a first one in every every line his father looks like ron wood you know i was just going to say your dad looks like a rocker man i mean i've seen photographs on, on facebook i mean he looks the part uh he's he's so awesome no so there's there's two funny things that uh my dad there's a long list of people that that people think my dad look like there's like Ron Wood, there's Keith Richards, Richard's son, there's Tommy Lee, there's Nikki. There's like this long list and it keeps growing. But my favorite thing is when we would be at an airport together, like. Now hold on there, Sam. We lost your voice. Hold on. 
I met his father at the Rainbow one night and I asked him, who do you play with? And he said that he plays bass with somebody, but I mean, you know, he played the part. <laughs> so, I said, you look like Ron Wood. Yeah, is, this, uh, is this working better now? Give it a try. So um, with my dad, it's hilarious because uh, there's a long list of people that other people kind of think he looks like. They're like, wait, are you Ron Wood or Keith Richards or Keith Richards' son? Or like, it's a whole silly thing. And um, the best part too is that like at an airport or, you know, where I'm like carrying a guitar, everybody would think like he's the guy and I'm like his roadie and it's the best because <laughs> he loves the attention he plays into it. And then like, I, you know, hate attention. So it's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then sure. the funniest part is the fact that he was actually a professional racquetball player and I got none of the sports genes whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating, man. Uh, so I think you mentioned it, but uh, when did you actually start on guitar? When I was 10. 10 years old. Right. And uh, now before you started, I mean, it must've been something that pulled you toward it, right? Like you just loved rock or did somebody hand you a guitar? I guess I just always loved music. Like, uh, you know, as a kid, I always liked, you know, there was a couple songs, like I said, this uh, Elevation by U2 and One Headlight by the Wallflowers. For some reason, as a little kid, I was obsessed with those two songs. Hmm. And um, so what, what other influences did you have at that time, like growing up and, and first getting into guitar? Really kind of what started, like made me want to do it was a, a TV show called Rockstar in Excess, uh, is where the band in Excess was doing a you know reality TV show to, to find a singer. And um, there was a guitar player on that show in the house band, Rafael Moreira. Hey, yeah, Claudio knows. From Brazil. From Brazil. And, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's still, you know, one of my favorite, you know, he's got some of my favorite vibrato and just his tone is amazing. And, um, but seeing him as a kid, he had like every Gibson guitar you could imagine. And he was just, you know, his solos were so cool. And that would, that's what made me want to start playing. I understand. Yeah. Raphael is a great player. I've seen him at the, um, baked potato up in the Valley, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so did you also have a mixture of different um, types of styles growing up? Like, did you play some acoustic? Did you play some classical? Not really. It was just, it was mostly all rock. So yeah, acoustic some, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm from uh, St. Louis and this is the Midwest. So the, the modern active rock thing is, is big here. And so, um, you know, for me, my first concert was in excess with their new singer and then, um, but then it kind of got into bands like, you know, Three Days Grace and Shine Down and Seether. And that's kind of like, that's the music that was dominating the radio really here. And that's kind of what I fell into liking. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, when you started the jams, you're, you're 12 years old and you're getting out to the jams. I mean, it's so young, you know, uh, you know, were you on par with the other players? So you mentioned that there were older players as well as younger players. Did you feel intimidated by them? Not really, I don't think, because um, I can kind of count the number of times on one hand that I've been nervous to play. And because uh, that's, you know, playing on stage is about the one place that I actually am comfortable. So uh, even as a kid, it was just always like it was exciting. So even playing 
uh, in my first band with kids that were my age. And then, you know, transitioning out of that to sitting in with the the adults and the the local pros. That was just kind of, you know, it, it was a challenge for me. And so whenever there's a challenge, it's it's always kind of made it more fun, even as a Terrific. kid. That's that's actually oh go ahead, Claudio. I know this, I know this about you that the only time I saw you nervous is when you play next to Gabe Masca. <laughs> the only nerves are just because what he's gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> he's so unpredictable. Yeah, he's dangerous. That's really great. Uh, Sam, because, you know, like most players, uh, I would say I would say the majority of players that I've spoke with are usually more introverted type of people, you know, that uh, that are they have, you know, they've they love music and they've gotten into it. But there comes a time when they have to like really crawl out of their own shell. And for 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 them, that can be a struggle uh, as far as like stage presence goes, you know. But for you, I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're very comfortable with it. Yeah, even as a kid, it was it was never a fear. It was always just, you know, just, all right, let's do this. That's terrific. Hey, uh, at age 14, you played in front of an audience of 7,000 people. You know, what, what event was that and what was that like? Ah, oh, you did research. I like this. <laughs> yeah, um, when I was 14, I got to play with my first band at an arena. It was this uh, local arena called uh, Family Arena which is actually where I saw my first concert. And uh, there was a Led Zeppelin tribute band that gave us the opportunity. The singer was the one who ran the open mic nights that we would go to. And so he told us, he's like, my next gig, you guys are going to open. Well, his next gig was at this place that ended up being 21 plus and we couldn't open. So then he said, whatever my next show is, you guys are going to open it. And he kept his word and his next show was that arena show. So we, uh, yeah, we got, and this local kind of tribute thing here in St. Louis, they'll do these shows and they'll hand out thousands of free tickets and thousands of people will come. And then the money's made off parking and concessions. And yeah, that, that show was at least seven, 10,000 people somewhere in there. And it was, it was amazing. That's one of the, you know, counting on one hand, the, the number of times I've been nervous. That was one of them. I was just going to ask you, were you nervous then? And, and yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be human. You'd be, you'd be, you know, superhuman if you weren't nervous at that point, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of the few times, but it was just, uh, you know, that's, it, it was incredible really, especially at 14, like to, oh, yeah. that just kind of, that, blew my mind really <laughs> yeah i got you how about you claudio you remember uh like the biggest audience like when you were 14 were you playing in front of you know thousands of people yet i was playing it was a big, big festival in argentina because of the uh, it was like a benefit for the Falkland, you know the Falkland, the Falkland islands you know the yeah the falkland islands right yeah in england so i was playing with this pub i was 15, 15 years old but uh was well, like it's sixty thousand people, sixty thousand. That's amazing. That's I rad. Like four songs with two different bands. It's amazing. So Sam, um, I'm shaking a little bit. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back with Sam Colton, but first, take a listen to these important words from the Rock Music Alliance and the RMA Awards for rock, metal, and prog music. 
It's time that rock music has its own awards, the RMA Awards, its own scholarships, charity events, and more. And only you can make it happen by joining the Rock Music Alliance and voting in the RMA Awards. You can join as either a musician, an industry professional, or if you just love rock music, you can join as a patron of rock. Everyone can join and everyone gets to vote. Join the Rock Music Alliance. Go to rockmusicalliance.com. That's rockmusicalliance.com. Hey, this is Sam Bam Colton. Join the Rock Music Alliance. So what made you want to come to Los Angeles? You know, what was the catalyst that drove you there? Uh, what got me there was to go to Musicians Institute, the college for music. And that's when I moved out there at 18. And, you know, it's quite, quite a culture shock, really, to be. Uh, yeah, from St. Louis to Hollywood. Did you move into Hollywood right away? Right away, yeah. I wow. still actually live in the in the same place that I first moved to. How did you find out about Musicians Institute? It's kind of like it was something that you know my mom had kind of heard of, and you know we had kind of heard of, and I checked it out a couple times toward the school once or twice, and you know it always seemed really cool, but also the idea of you know leaving and not only you know, moving away just in general. But uh, at the time when I was 18, I was playing in like 13 different local cover bands and playing like five or six nights a week. And just, it kind of seemed just crazy in so many ways, but ultimately it's uh, the greatest thing that could have ever happened. That's, that's great. Are you still enrolled there or have you graduated? Oh no, I, I graduated. I finished a little over three years ago. Ah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I would describe your style of guitar playing based on what I've heard and seen in videos as classic rock and blues style. Uh, it's very melodic. It's very bold with a lot of passion in it. You know, every note is important. And your intonation with, you know, bending and vibrato is right on. And it's very strong playing. And your stage presence is also just as strong. You know, you've, you've really got that X factor going for you. So, But being an MI student, do you ever feel the need to, you know, bust out some speed or sweeping technique, you know? Well, first off, that was very kind of you. Thank you. But it's, uh, you know, I mean, I did learn, you know, a lot of different theory and a lot of different stuff. Me personally, it's still always kind of about, the songs and so it kind of depends if it calls for being able to you know play a bunch of notes and play really fast and be ridiculous i can do some of that kind of stuff i guess but then you know it's ultimately just kind of whatever's whatever's right for what's being played really yeah i got you i got you yeah when you play it's a real attention getter you know that's it's like when you're playing it's like bam in your face hey maybe that's how you got your name <laughs> uh, uh, anyway that's very nice of you thank you based on also you know the, the people you say that are your influences you know growing up their playing style is now coming through in you so i, I get that i get that like you know if somebody says that their influence growing up was ingve malstein and eddie van halen you know you they're going to have that that sort of technique they're going to be working on that technique but you've you've really worked on that 
melodic, bold, every note important style, you know? Thing is, for me personally, even nothing, you know, like a, a guitar player like Ingve has never really gotten me excited about guitar as incredible as it is. And I, it, you know, you can't not respect that. But as it's always the, the players with the, the feel and the, you know, that make me feel something like Jerry Cantrell or Slash or, you know, any of those kind of players that that's kind of where I feel connected to. Got it. Got it. Now, when you got to Hollywood, it looks like you started gigging and doing jams right away. You know, do you do you remember your first gig in Hollywood? I remember, yeah. Uh, actually, my first gig in it wasn't really Hollywood; it was L.A., but it was it was uh, Anaheim. Um, when I was when I was a kid in that first band, we had gotten to play at at Nam. So that was actually my I guess first California gig. But my first gig once I landed in LA as living there. Uh, the first jam was at this place called Lucy's 51, which was in Toluca Lake. And uh, it was doing Highway Star with Brian Tishy, Neil Turbin, who'd sang for Anthrax. And like I just said, Brian Tishy, who's been in a million bands like Billy Idol and Whitesnake and Sean McNabb and Gilby Clark. And we did Highway Star and it was pretty, pretty crazy because I had actually seen Gilby on TV also when I was a kid, when I was 11, that next year, they did that uh, Rockstar Supernova, the second season of the show. And so I had seen him on TV and then fast forward now, he's mixing my guitar playing with Faster Pussycat, which is crazy. <laughs> That's terrific. He's mixing Faster Pussycat? He is mixing the Faster Pussycat music, yes. So uh, I also heard that you were in a band called Made in America. That was the other part of the first gig. My first like actual gig in L.A. was at the Viper Room with that band, yeah. Gotcha. Are you still in touch with uh, the guys in Made in America? I'm actually, like, I'm in touch with, oddly enough, Eric Himmel, who was the other guitar player when I first got in the band. And, um, but Eric runs a, a jam in normal times, uh, called the sunset jam at the Viper room. But right. yeah, he's, he's a good friend and fellow gear nerd. So, uh, you know, we're always talking about stuff, but yeah. And then I see the, the singer Dave every so often sometimes, but, um, you know, I still have, uh, actually Dave Keck at the singer to thank for, uh, you know, kind of getting me started there. Cause when I first got to LA, I was I was kind of losing my mind because like I said, I went from going to, you know, playing five to six nights a week to out in LA. There was like nothing like that. And, um, you know, Dave had known all those guys at the jam. He was the one who took me to the jams. He was the one who got me up to play that first time with the guys. So I, I still have. The, I thought you play at the, at the place, uh, Lucky Star. Lucky Star. Yeah. Yeah, they soon switched the over to playing with Gabriela, Gabby. Yeah, that's a while ago. Yeah, I mean after because I moved to LA seven years ago, so seven years ago is when they were doing the the Lucy's Fifty One thing, and then oh, yeah. when that shut down is when they started doing Lucky Strikes. So that was probably about six years ago. Yeah. Now at Lucy's Fifty One, that was a very popular uh, jam. Did you ever meet any of your? guitar you know, heroes there 
Not really there. I mean, more more so at at Lucky Strike. I think is kind of when that was that had started. But like I said, the at least you know then the Gilby Clark thing had been really cool because it was like, oh, I saw him on TV when I was a kid, and then you you know, now with who with Nuno. That's yeah. That's kind of a, a fast forward thing. Yeah, but yeah, in recent times, yeah, playing with Nuno at Lucky Strike has been crazy. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah, I am really enjoy Nuno's playing, that's for sure. But you've also met some other great players uh, like Slash and Mark Tremonti, uh, Jerry Cantrell, and you've even met up with Raphael, right? Yeah, uh, the meeting Raphael was actually a pretty kind of crazy thing. It was my 19th birthday, and... Uh, my mom had been in town and then that singer Dave Keckett had, uh, they talked to the bar owners at this bar that, that Raphael was playing downtown. And that's, you know, when I met him and I, you know, I had actually sent him an email when I was 10 years old and, you know, just told him, you know, everything that I thought he was, you know, the coolest guitar player ever. And like, he made me want to start playing. And like, he had actually responded to that a few years later. And uh, so there was all these kind of, you know, little dots that I was, we were able to connect. And uh, then I got to watch him play that night. And it was just kind of, it was really one of those just crazy, surreal experiences, especially because, you know, he's, he's the guy really that made me want to start doing this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, being here in the same town, yeah, being here in the same town, do you get to see them more often? Like, did, you, did you ever get to jam with Raphael? we haven't jammed yet, but no, we're, we're in touch and, you know, he's, he's a great dude. And, you know, as far as meeting the other people, I met Slash actually a few times outside of LA. Actually the first time, well, the first time I did meet Slash, I was 12 on vacation in LA at Guitar Center. So that was kind of random, but the other times were actually uh, facilitated through a mutual friend when he played in St. Louis. So, but then, yeah, it's all that with meeting Jerry Cantrell and everything. I've had good luck with meeting my heroes. Like they've all been really cool. So no, you know, no plane crashes there. That's, that's great, man. That's great. So Gabby Ray, how did the gig with Gabby Ray happen? I knew her, the other guy who was playing guitar for her at the time, and uh, he had messaged me on Facebook one day and was like, hey, learn these songs. You want to audition for this you know, thing? And uh, other than the two songs of hers that were on that list, I knew all the other cover songs. And I was like, sure, of course, you know, and that's kind of where it where it happened i went and auditioned and started playing with her right after that that's great well so really for as most people would guess in this business it's very important to get out there and network and meet people and really it oftentimes it's through people you know that these gigs come your way 100 percent. all the jobs that i have are from you know just knowing different people and being friends with different people you know the yeah. chops and the chops and the looks and everything that's that's one thing and then who you know is is just you know that's almost more important 
It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've known many players, you know, and, and I've heard about the cattle calls that they sometimes have, like an MI, for instance, you can go and audition, you know, f- for bands, for touring bands. But yeah, I would say once again, w- even with all the other people that I've met, it's still, that really is the strongest thing. It's, it's knowing people and usually through those connections, you get those gigs, you know. And I'm, I feel kind of lucky that so far I've only kind of had to do like two cattle call audition things. And then those two things actually ended up not even working out. The other things that I'm a part of, the people just kind of, you know, came to me to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. I, I feel lucky for that. Exactly. You're going to be out every night too, you know? I, and I would be. <laughs> Yeah, Claudio, would you say, because you've, you know, Claudio knows a lot of people, you know, and, and Claudio, would well, you I meant, I meant getting out. Yeah. That's something that, uh, you know, I would always kind of say to not only my friends at MI, but I kind of just did like a little video thing for them recently. Just like half the thing being at that school, it's, it's amazing that you can be there and you can get all this, learn all the tools to be a really route, well-rounded pro musician, but you have to like go out. And you got to meet people and you got to network and that's, you know, yeah, even just hanging out at the rainbow. You got to hang out at the rainbow. We've heard that before in this show, haven't we? That's the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Francesco DeCosmo from Thin Lizzy and Evanescence, and you have to join the Rock Music Alliance. I'm Cole Coleman. You know me as the host of shows here at the Rock Music Alliance Channel One. The Rock Music Alliance is an organization for rock, metal, and prog music. It's a society of the musicians who create this music, the industry who makes it all run, and the listeners who love it. We are primarily membership-based, and everyone can join. Your membership helps to fund the RMA Awards, which recognizes the great music being made in these genres and the excellence of the musicians performing it. Your membership also helps to fund scholarships to music schools and charity events like the RMA Vampire's Ball during Halloween and the Dickens Dinner Food Drive during Christmas. Your membership makes it all happen. You can join as a musician, a member of the industry, or a person who loves rock, metal, and prog music and wants to be a part of it. Join today. Don't wait. Together, we can make this all happen. Remember, great things are accomplished by those who say, I can. How much more powerful it is then if we all join together to say, we can. Join the Rock Music Alliance today. Go to rockmusicalliance.com. Now let's get back to Sam Bam Colton. So back on Gabby Ray, Sam, I wanted to find out, um, so her style is a lot more pop, you know, or pop rock maybe, you know. So why, why do that gig? Well, at that time, she was actually kind of doing it was more just rock really and she was doing a lot of uh a lot of covers and then you know her own music which was kind of you know more just heavy rock kind of so it made perfect sense at that time and it was it was really great and got to do that was who my first tour with was actually my first tour ever was with gabby and we opened for the band europe you know and it was amazing yeah yeah that sounds that sounds true once again like it's just just talking about you never know where things lead i mean here you are you know getting to la and getting into a a band and then you're on tour it's terrific there you go yeah there you go 
there you go. Yeah, it's just, you know, and now her her thing now is definitely going to be a little more, you know, like a pop rock or more pop kind of thing from working with Nuno. And, you know, I'm excited to see what happens for her, for sure. Now, now you're, are you, do you still work with Gabby or you're still in touch with her? Yeah, a little bit. Not, not really, uh, you know, working as much because she's been working with Nuno and that's kind of her, uh, you know, it's a producer and her, her guy. And, you know, I hope, uh, Other you know, than Oh God, no, no. Nuno's going to be married soon. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's hard. It's really hard. Even right now, juggling the, the three main projects right now is already, you know, difficult and I can only be in one place at one time. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've found, I've, I have found that three is the maximum that I can do as well. You know, it's, it's even, you know, two is even a lot more comfortable. Uh, three is even beginning to get difficult, you know, but, and uh, then there's even like, you know, there's more hired gun stuff on the side and, and, you know, a few more bands too, but those are the, the three that are, you know, you would prefer to be in a band that you play your, your own songs. Yeah. Ultimately. I mean, that's, that's ultimately what I would love to be doing because, right. um, you know, just being able to, you know, I've written a lot of music. I probably have like 150, 200 songs stacked up, but it's, uh, you know, that's ultimately what I would love to do. But at the same time, you can't really, I can't deny the the opportunities of getting to, to play with these, these bands and these people and kind of get, you know, my name out more and, you know, work with them and, you know, record their songs and possibly even write songs with them. So that's interesting because this is the first time I've heard that, that you actually are a writer as well. And that's, it's very important. So I hope at some point you get to get to express that. And, and yes, it could lead to, um, you know, songwriting with people. That, that'd be terrific. I, I love it. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun being creative is, you know, it's, it's, it's all really good. You know, it's all, it's all fun. It's all good fun musically yeah. playing music in general is fun, but, but writing something and coming up with something that's your own is, is pretty exciting. Getting back to the bands. Um, tell us how, the gig with Butterside happened. That kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, the singer had messaged me on Instagram. I was only playing with with Gabby at the time. I think it was either I was either only playing with Gabby or I just also started playing for this band Knee High Fox. And uh, this singer Patrick had messaged me and asked if I wanted to jam, and I wasn't sure what that that meant just like in general, you want to play some guns and roses or you want to like, you know, you know, for the band and it was for the band. So I ended up being their kind of fill in at the beginning, kind of the first guy to replace their original guitar player. And then I was still finishing MI, but they had gotten an offer to tour with LA guns. And I was, you know, pretty trying to, you know, set on finished school. So I didn't do that. They had gotten somebody else. And then down the line, it came back around and they were recording this, this last record about two years ago, this one that's about to come out called Spiritual Violence. And Patrick had messaged me again and asked if I was interested in coming to record. And then it just turned into, turned into more. Are you part of the writing? Uh, now I am, yeah. The, all the music was written before 
all the music was written before I came in on the in the studio. So uh, we're actually I'm pretty excited to get the album out and kind of move on to some new stuff because the new stuff that we're going to go work on, I think when this comes out, I'll be in Arizona working on uh, recording four new songs. So kind of excited to get moved on to, uh, you know, some stuff that the five of us will be collaborating on and writing together. Yes. Why Arizona? Why, why there and not here? Oh, um, because we're going to work with this producer named Matt Good. And Matt Good is based in Phoenix and he kind of does a lot more like kind of modern active rock bands, I think, like Asking Alexandria and some kind of stuff like that. And I'm not completely familiar with that style, but I'm excited to see what happens when you mash our influences and our style and what he does. So, um, so Butterside is one of the bands that Lemmy Kilmister had signed. Were you, were you aware of them at the time that they were picked up or? Yeah. Cause there was a lot of events where, when I was playing with Gabby that us and Butterside played on the same bill. There was a couple ride for Ronnie events, uh, yeah. Ronnie James Dio events and, um, like Lemmy's 70th birthday at the whiskey. I played with Gabby and Nuno. And Butterside played that night as well. So we had kind of, you know, our paths had crossed a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get to meet Lemmy? I never got to meet him, but he, I knew that he was there that night, but he was also already not doing very well. And he was like supposed to play, his rig was on stage and everything. And I know he wasn't, wasn't feeling great. And I never got to meet him, but mm-hmm. just to even have been in the same room as him, you know, on that night was, was incredible. Well, that, uh, that brings us up to current day, I think. Um, so like your two main bands, you got Faster Pussycat and Butterside and this new one, Dorothy. And there's your, your three main, main projects actually. Yeah. yeah. Terrific. It's good to get caught up with you. Um, so let's talk a little gear while we still have a little time. Uh, what guitars, yeah. What guitars are you using? What do you like? My favorite uh, are Les Pauls, Gibson Les Pauls, but really all kinds of Gibsons, really. But my my favorite two guitars, my number one is a like 2002 or 2004. I'm not sure on the year, but Les Paul Classic. And the story about it, it's I kind of got this guitar. It wasn't supposed to be anything special. I was just like, oh, I wanted another cool, good Les Paul to tour with that I didn't really have to worry about. And... I got this thing and it, I fell in love. It became my number one. So now it's, it's a guitar that I bought just to have as like, you know, easily replaceable, but now it's not easily replaceable. Wow. That's terrific. What, what kind of story does it have? Do you know who owned it before you? I, I don't, well, I got it off Craigslist and I met the guy and, but that's, that's all I really, really know about it. Um, and then my other Les Paul is a 71 Les Paul Custom. And I'm not really sure of its story either, but it's it's definitely been through a lot. There's a headstock repair and, um, mm. you know, the uh, you know, finish is all sanded on the back of the neck. and you know, But it's it's great and it stays in tune. And it that was kind of the dream guitar, like the Black Beauty Les Paul Custom that that was like, that was the top. So which one's which then? 
which is which. Yeah, yeah. Which which one? What, what do they look like? Which color? Uh, they're both black. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I like black. Um, but yeah, so the yeah. The, uh, did, both did they both black have and gold actually? Black and, go- and gold and gold. That's cool. Did they uh, have the less, the classic has like some of the cream parts, like the cream pickup rings and the cream binding, and then the custom is all like black but the bindings cream obviously too but do they both have two humbuckers or are there three yeah both two so So, those are my two favorites and then i've got a couple uh like twin les paul specials double cut with the p90s that i love a lot those ones i like for faster pussycat a lot it's cool did you ever try um like some of the other like like the epiphone casino guitars or uh, any any of the ibanez not really uh, Ibanez or anything. Um, as far as um, Epiphones, yeah, here and there. Uh, you know, but all different stuff. I mean, I love like 335s and I love, uh, you know, SGs and Firebirds and all that stuff. We got your guitars. So what kind of amps are, do you like? Uh, I use two different amps. I use Friedman. So I have a Friedman small box. And then I pair that with Supro Black Magic, and I'm really I'm loving that combination. It's just you know, and then those two get run along with a Solo Dallas pedal. That company Solo Dallas. It's the Schaefer replica pedal. So I set the um, both amps are fairly clean, just kind of slightly overdriven, and then that pedal just kind of pushes them into to craziness and so that's my favorite good, your sound you. of stage is really good how long have you had uh, that that rig uh the supro is just it's a recent acquisition so through this uh this apocalypse i've kind of been you know acquiring some some gear and kind of refining stuff and just kind of making making the rig uh more fun. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Once again, through the uh, through the videos that I've seen and, and heard, yeah, yeah, your stage, like just like Claudio was just saying, uh, once again, your your live tone is excellent. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm very thankful for the companies that are supportive. You know, Friedman and Supro having deals with both of them, and a pickup company called Pariah Pickups and Ernie Ball Strings and uh, Head Rush for effects, Solo Dallas for effects. Albane for leather for guitar straps and clothes and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm really thankful to, to all the companies that, that, you know, help me make noises. <laughs> Terrific, man. Sounds like they're getting behind you, you know? So have you tried any multi effects processors or do you prefer pedals? The first multi effect thing I've ever really used is this head rush, the head rush gig board. And, I've always been just like an old school pedal guy. And even the way I use the head rush is still kind of old school, I guess. Um, even though there's like, you can set up like patches cause I like to be able to hit a button and have it be the lead tone and have the tube screamer kick in and the delay come on. Um, that's, so that's the first really experience that I've had with multi effects, but it's incredibly easy to use and it's amazing. The device has like a seven inch touchscreen on it and it's incredible. 
for recording, uh, have you tried any of the amp modeling technologies like Amplitube or Kemper or Driftwood? Yeah, all the new Faster Pussycat stuff is getting recorded with a Kemper, surprisingly enough. And so that, and then same with the the Headrush. The Headrush also does the digital amp modeling thing as well. Live, me personally, I use it for effects in a you know in combination with the amplifier sound. But then for tracking, I have different patches set up with amp modeling. So, and, but the Kemper even too is, is really, really cool. It's amazing how it kind of, you know, reacts and how easy it is to use. And, you know, it's, I, I'm still an old school guy. I like amps and I like, you know, being able to, you know, get that sound in the room and then be able to record and you know, use the real thing, but the convenience of the Kemper really just, it's incredible. You can't beat it. Would you ever consider doing Kemper live? That's a hard thing. That's a hard, uh, it's, that's hard for me to say. I like the idea of using those type of things for effects, just being able to have the convenience of having everything there. Um, as far as the live thing, I don't know. It's really hard to say for me because I, I really like using the volume knob, like uh, my clean channel is my volume knob. So it's, and I kind of use it all night, even with, with every gig, really. So it's hard to say. I know some guitar players, they have the Rory switching their, the sounds on the guitar, like the pedals, you know, live. Yeah, that's, that's the dream. I was surprised. I mean, they had to be right on the queue and they had to know the songs and everything. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, I have friends that are techs that, you know, they had to have a big queue book of, you know, the, the queues and where they are. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, they're basically essentially in the band at that point too, you know, because making all the, the switches and everything, that would be amazing just to be able to only focus on playing and singing and jumping around like an idiot but you know for right now i'm, I'm fine with still running my own stuff well at least you have a timbo slide that you don't have to worry about taking it off exactly i don't have to worry about throwing a glass slide and have it break <laughs> like, no yeah. it's, it's so great if you didn't catch that product name they're talking about the thimble slide guitar slide and you can check it out at thimbleslide.com that brings us to the end of it all. Is there anything else you'd like to add, uh, Sam or Claudio? Anything else? Yeah, just thank you for having me. And uh, Butterside's record is going to be out at the end of March, March 26th. And the single Zen is out everywhere now, anywhere that you can get music. And new Faster Pussycat music will be coming. Dorothy's third record will be coming. And very excited for everybody to hear the music. That's it for my conversation with Sam. You can keep in touch with him and get updates about his career by linking up with his pages at Facebook and Instagram under his name, Sam Bam Colton. Visit thimbleslide.com for the guitar slide that frees your finger. It allows you to slide and fret while wearing it. And visit rockmusicalliance.com and join the Rock Music Alliance so you can vote in the RMA Awards. For the Rock Music Alliance, I'm Cole Coleman. Be well, stay well, and join the Rock Music Alliance.